You two kids are going to the suburbs. Good luck as a normal couple. to another episode of the Chuck Series Companion. I am your host, the J-Strom. Welcome to the show. I am a huge fan of Chuck, and that's why I do this podcast, after all. And hopefully, that's why you're listening right now. You also love the show, Chuck. And I invite you to join me on my journey to covering all 91 episodes of the television series, Chuck. Today, I'm going to cover Season 2, Episode 13, Chuck vs. the Suburbs. This is a really cool episode, and I can't wait to get to it. Here's an interesting thing, though. Chuck vs. the Suburbs was actually supposed to take place after Chuck vs. the Best Friend, which follows this episode. And the reason that happened was after... Chuck versus 3D. Chuck versus the best friend was supposed to air next, but it was preempted for a presidential speech. Then the following week, they thought, okay, we could either air Chuck versus the best friend next, or we could just skip that, go to Chuck versus the suburbs, which has a Valentine's Day theme to coincide with Valentine's Day, and then just air Chuck versus the best friend afterwards. And that's what they did. So then the following week, they aired Chuck versus the best friend that was supposed to air before then. Are you guys confused? Because it, it does get confusing. And you know, the first time I ever watched this when it aired, I don't think I noticed that it was out of order. Maybe I'll notice more once I get to Chuck versus the best friend. And I'm not trying to confuse anyone. I swear to you, it's just really hard to explain. So I'm going to put it in the simplest terms as possible. Okay. This is episode 13 of season two of Chuck. The real episode 13 is Chuck versus the best friend, but now it's episode 14. So Chuck versus the suburbs is episode 13. Now Chuck versus best friend is episode 14. Okay. There you go. It's not confusing anymore. Is it? Oh dear. It is, isn't it? (laughs) But anyway, we're here to talk about Chuck versus the suburbs. (laughs) Now, this episode is written by Phil Klemmer, which I've talked about Phil Klemmer quite a bit already because he's written some great episodes of the show, including Chuck versus Tom Sawyer, which, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, is one of my favorite episodes ever. And he will go on to write many other great, fantastic episodes. And right now, he is the showrunner of Legends of Tomorrow, which premieres in January. So I'm really excited about that. This episode was directed by Jay Chandra Shekhar, which is the member of Broken Lizard who directed Super Troopers, who is now working on Super Troopers 2. So that's exciting. He also did Beer Fest and Club Dread, and he's directed several episodes of Chuck. 
This is the second episode of Chuck that he has directed, and he will direct three more after this, which is really cool, including the next to last episode of the entire series. So he was with Chuck for a long time. That's pretty awesome. Oh, and one thing I want to talk about before we start the episode is this episode features two special guest villains. The first one is Andy Richter, sidekick to Conan O'Brien, who is also an actor in his own right. He plays Brad. And then we have Jenny McCarthy, which is really cool. So they're two of the featured villains in this episode. There's also Brian Thompson, who you'll know as the Bounty Hunter from X-Files and the villain from Cobra with uh, Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) But that guy's awesome. He always plays a villain in everything. I love when they bring in actors that we know of as the villains. I'm a huge fan of Andy Richter. I love watching him on Conan. I've loved him since the late night years on Conan, and it's great to see him play Brad in this episode. Now, as this episode begins, it's kind of like this weird kind of clockwork orange type of thing. There's this guy, we have no idea who he is. He's got this rig on his head where it's forcing his eyes to be open, and he's getting ready for some kind of test. Congratulations. You've been selected for an elite operations with your permission, we'd like to conduct a test to determine your suitability for service. Sure. You want me asking what you're testing me for? Just relax. We have a short training video that will explain everything. Wait. What in the world was that? And what was with the creepy voice? I don't know, but if that voice asked me if I wanted to take a test, I don't think I'd say sure. (laughs) So, let's cut to the buy more, and Chuck has a very puzzled look on his face, almost like he's viewing something pretty traumatizing, and it features dogs. Are you okay, Chuck? Oh, um... No, no, not not since Emmett started playing romantic comedies 24-7. He must love, must love dogs, because that's all he's been showing. Right. <laughs> well, I was just wondering about tonight. Oh, is there a mission tonight? Actually, I was referring to the whole Valentine's Day thing. Oh, my gosh, right. I'm, I'm so sorry. Did you want to do something? No, no, I was just curious. Unless you wanted to do something. Doesn't it seem like we ought to do something? I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, sure. Okay, I mean, we have been cover dating for over a year now, right? Yeah, I mean, it would be weird if we didn't do something. Completely weird. (laughs) Maybe we could give our covers the night off. I have a bunch of paperwork to catch up on anyway. Good. Great. Well, that's settled. They're not going to go on a Valentine's Day. They can do their own thing. No pressure there. No reason to fake the relationship. Because, you know, folks, it gets pretty exhausting pretending to be boyfriend and girlfriend, I'm guessing. Hey, 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 happy Valentine's Day, you two. Any hot plans for today? Absolutely, there is. (laughs) My house at 8 o'clock, right? I can hardly wait. I'll see you then, sweetie. Oh, okay. Bye. Well, I guess, never mind, they're back on with their fake date. I think that... Two of us would wind up with smart, beautiful, sexually adventuresome girls on Valentine's Day? The answer is no. Two jackasses like you landing two hot pieces like Anna and Blondie? It's a cruel trick of nature. Grind! Get your butt to the sales floor before I kick it over there. 
Botowski, hurt up your nerves. They're right, they're right there. Whoa, 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 what is eating Big Mike? He's in a really bad mood on this Valentine's Day. Sheesh. And you two dimwits, don't leave the cage until that backlog of repairs are finished. Where's Milbarge? Hello. What in the world? Emmett has a... I'm, I'm not even sure you could call it a toupee, because a toupee covers just the top part. He's got a, like a full wig going. like and His entire head is covered in hair. And he's got some cupcakes for Big Mike. Sorry, I'm late. I was just waiting for these to cool. The hell is that? Well, I put little lips on the cupcakes for you. I'm talking about that thing on your head. Oh. Well, Henrietta's in town. I wanted to look my best. <laughs> it's not that much of a difference. Really? <laughs> really? Uh, you know what's funny about this is um, Emmett says that Henrietta is in town, so he's got this fake hair. I'm starting to think, did Emmett wear a wig wherever he is from with Henrietta? And now that he's here in Burbank, he's like, oh, I can finally stop living the lie. And he shows his bald head. But now that Henrietta's in town, he's got to put it back on. I don't know. I'm just kind of reading into this because wouldn't it be weird if she all of a sudden saw him with hair where he had none before? I'm thinking that he's carrying on a ruse with this Henrietta. The poor girl. She has no idea he's bald. Oh, dear. I'll be in my office. Next time, do your baking on your own time. God, who crapped in his box of chocolates? <laughs> I love that. Who crapped his box of chocolates? And now we hear the song El General Mighty by Monoretta. I don't care what it costs. Get it here tomorrow. What's he doing in there? I don't know, but it's completely unnatural. Oh, my God. You don't think that he's working? Calm down, Morgan. Yeah, there's got to be a rational explanation for this. I don't know. Look at him. Guy's a machine. I think Morgan's onto something. What if it's not really Big Mike? What? Like a robot sent from the future? A cybernetic organism. A skin job. Nice! Like uh, a replicant from Blade Runner, maybe? That's only one way to find out. If he bleeds, he's human. Guys, how about I just talk to him? Okay, it's your funeral, Yeah, that works too, Chuck. Let me ask a question, Bartowski. What kind of woman delivers divorce papers on Valentine's Day? Your your wife? The lady Big Mike is no more. I'm I'm so sorry to hear that, sir. I'm straight. I had the catch of a lifetime and let her get away. You want to talk about it? I'll be fine. As long as I keep working, I won't have time to realize I'm going to spend the rest of my life alone and unloved. There's one thing you can do for me. Sure. Tell those imbeciles out there to get cracking. From now on, it's a whole new buy more. And get that damn must-love dogs off the TV. They may have to work, but at least they get rid of must-love dogs. But cut to Chuck's apartment, and it looks like must-love dogs is now on his TV... There's candles lit. It's a very romantic setting with open Chinese takeout containers. Chuck is playing a handheld video game and Sarah's doing, I guess, paperwork? Doesn't look like a very romantic Valentine's Day. 
ask you a question? Sure. This is the worst Valentine's Day ever, right? Come on, don't be silly. Please, you're not going to offend me. There's got to be someone somewhere having a far worse Valentine's Day. Perhaps there is, Chuck. As we cut over to John Casey's apartment, he's pouring himself a nice tall glass of whiskey, and he's watching some History Channel. On the night of August 12, 1965, the 2nd Battalion 3rd Marines endeavored to make a daring helicopter assault on the Elephant Valley just... Whoa, whoa, what's this? The general has just popped up on the screen and Casey hurries to hide his liquor. I hope I'm not interrupting. What can I do for you, general? LAPD just picked up one of ours. The agent's name is Jim Yeager. He's been missing for over a year, although he was presumed to be on a covert domestic assignment. Unfortunately, we have no record of this assignment, and so far the subject has been uncooperative. Cat's got his tongue, huh? You want me to take a crack at him? As you can see, his mental state is fragile enough already. The subject's last confirmed location comes from a phone call traced to this L.A. cul-de-sac. Jaeger was living in the valley. No wonder he went nuts, right? We took the liberty of purchasing a home there to serve as a base of operations. You zoom in on that, please? So he keeps saying? Salamander. Possible code name for his enemy contact. Our best guess. He chose this location for its proximity to a sleeper cell. I need for someone to resume Jaeger's assignment, identify his contact, and infiltrate their terrorist network. I don't know how well I'd fit in with those people, General. Not you, Major Casey. We need a normal couple. Oh, hmm. I wonder who that would be. Hey, Casey? Looks like we had a mission. Thank God. afraid you two are going to have to drop your dating cover for this particular assignment. No problem. What is it? Thai street racing gang? Or Ukrainian prostitution ring? No. For this mission, you and Agent Walker are going to be married. You two kids are going to the suburbs. Good luck as a normal couple. Awesome! So, cut to Chuck's bedroom, and he's getting ready for his assignment to be married man... Charles Carmichael. So he's going through his closet when Ellie shows up wondering, Chuck, what are you doing? No. Yeah, maybe. Breaking out a dad shirt, huh? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think it makes you look very grown up. Oh, good. That's kind of the idea. Yeah, where are you guys going? Uh, Sarah and I are just house-sitting. Her boss at the Orange Orange is out of town, so... Oh, Chuck, that's that's great. Spending a week in the suburbs, yeah, dream come true. No, don't you get it? This is this is like a dry run, you know. So you and Sarah can see what it would really be like. Zip it, nah. That is your wedding craziness right there. So keep that. That's yours. We're just house sitting. It's no big deal. Okay, fine. Can we call it cohabitating with your long-term girlfriend in a house that doesn't have posters that were hung in the eighth grade? Hey, what's wrong with the Tron poster? That that is a collectible but yeah fine we can we can call it that and that is a big step forward and then as chuck heads to his new life as a married man we hear the song once in a lifetime by talking heads and you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack and you may find yourself in another part of the world And you may find yourself Behind the wheel of a large 
He's looking around the cul-de-sac, people waving to him, all of his new neighbors. It seems like a nice, friendly neighborhood. And you may ask yourself, how do I work this? And you may ask yourself, where is that large automobile? And you may tell yourself... And I love when Chuck goes inside, he sees a painting of him and Sarah on their wedding day. All sorts of pictures from their life together. And they even have a pet dog... And right when Chuck's like, a dog? A dog comes walking by. It's incredible. He stepped into a whole different life. This is not my beautiful house. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful wife. Uh, sorry, but whose life have I stepped into? What 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 are you doing? <laughs> what does it look like I'm doing? I'm making potato salad. Are you cooking for the entire neighborhood? Yeah, Chuck, you are. Water dissolving. Hey, there's the grill meister. Welcome, neighbors. <laughs> Don't forget, one of our new neighbors is a suspected terrorist. And I love Chuck turns around, and there's John Casey. Cable man. You're a little lady. Get out there and mingle. Well, that was pretty awesome. Now let's cut to the buy more. And Morgan, Jeff, and Lester are wondering what can they do to get Big Mike off their backs? Because this isn't why they signed up for this job. They're not here to do work, guys. Gentlemen. I think that I speak for all of us when I say that the only reason that I took this job at the Bymore was to do as little work as humanly possible. And the big man, he, he made that dream a reality. That man's an inspiration to slackers everywhere. Until his old lady dumped him. We're screwed. I mean, we're screwed now that he has nothing to live for except for work. Yeah, but how do we get Mrs. Big Mike to take him back? How do you mend a broken heart? You mean how do we get him laid? I'm sorry to interrupt this little meeting of the minds, but you're not the only ones who find this new regime insufferable. It's obvious that our rotund leader is channeling his sexual energies into the Bymore. In my opinion, our only hope is to channel him back into sex. Yeah, it's brilliant, Emmett. But where do we find Big Mike, a ridiculously out of his league hottie? Yeah, someone will suck his will to work out of him. Not at a Bennigan's bar. Sometimes that fruit hangs a little too low. Where do you meet people you don't have to pay for sex? Uh, it's sad that they have no idea. Now let's cut back to the suburbs and Chuck is cooking up some burgers and hot dogs and uh, it's time for him to introduce himself. Welcome to the neighborhood. Oh. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I, hi, my name's Charles. Oh, I'm Brad. I live next door. There you go. I'm, I'm so sorry, I just ran out. Well, lucky for you, I'm in the stationary biz. Check this baby out. That is 110-pound cardstock, brand new, genuine embossing, antique finish. 
Wow. Listen, don't let any of these bums know, but I can get you a thousand of those at cost. Enough shop talk. Let's go meet some of the natives. What do you say? Okay. Guys, this is Charlie. Uh, Charlie, over here we got Mark. Hi. hi. Whatever you do, do not let him drive your golf cart. Uh. <laughs> we got Dennis here. Uh, Dennis and his wife, Shruti, every Friday night they play a pretty wild game of charades. Gets pretty zany. <laughs> and this one, last but least, Mitch. Do not believe a word this dog says. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Who is that talking to my wife? Oh, that's that's my wife. That's Sarah. Oh. Don Charlie. You want to trade sometime? Do what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's cut back to the Buy More, and we once again hear the song El General Mighty by Monoretta. And the boys are helping Big Mike cook up a online dating profile. Alright, alright, just a few more details and you will be ready to mingle with the singles. Who the hell is this Lando Calrissian? He's only the coolest guy in the entire universe. Uh, that's just your username. Come on, how does he not know who Lando is? Six, 285 pounds. I don't know, Morgan. Listen to me, everybody is taller and thinner online. It's called the internet hotness conversion factor. What do you want your job to be? Uh, manager at the Buy More? <laughs> Make him an astronaut. What about Lion Tamer? Wait, I got it, I got it. I just don't know about this whole worldwide web business. Ain't no way to meet a woman. You know how I met my wife? Church picnic. Yeah, look how that worked out. There was no hiding who you were or, or, or how you felt. The very first time I laid my eyes on Gladys, I knew. Good Lord. Who are they? Mm-hmm. User to match your profile. This ain't no church picnic. Check out Red Hot Mama. Muy caliente. What about the internet hotness conversion factor? The network both ways? Why can't you see your face in that fish? Focus on the body, Michael. Gee whiz, Mike. We're, we're trying to help you find love here. Dirty, nasty, filthy love. Yeah, there's a little foreshadowing there. Why would that woman be covering her face? Hmm, maybe we'll find out later. Now, cut back to the suburbs, and Sarah is having a great time mingling with the guests, and Chuck's kind of hanging back, just observing. So then the Greek guy says, well, at least we know where the olive went. <laughs> My sentiments exactly. Hmm. Can I let you in on a little secret about your neighbors, mister? Carmichael. Charles. They bore me. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's not really my scene either. Perhaps the two of us can uh, get together sometime. And with that, we hear the song Fever by Peggy Lee. Maybe engage in something a little more stimulating. Don't. Sorry, I'm slippery. That's, that's very kind of you to offer, and it sounds like a lot of fun, but I am very, very married. <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. Carmichael, but who isn't? My husband's right over there. He's a big fella, isn't he? What line of work is he in? Lumberjack? The kind that keeps him out of town. Charles! Is that your wife? She seems very 
Well, gotta run. You know how it is. The old ball and chain. Listen, Charles, I just live right across the street, so call me when the honeymoon's over. I've got a chain, too. <laughs> I bet you do. Yikes. That's a scary woman. Now, Chuck goes to talk to Sarah around the corner where nobody can hear them. Well, no flashes, no nothing. I think our neighbors are clean. Except for that lady across the street. She's got a dirty mouth. Well, are you sure you checked everybody? Maybe we got the wrong call this Mr. and Mrs. Carmichael. Come inside, please. There's a slight problem with your cable. So, Casey's scanning for bugs, and he finds one, and Chuck flashes on it. Looks like one of ours. Uh, correction, that was one of ours. That bug was stolen from a CIA substation in Omaha in 06. Now it belongs to Fulcrum. And here I thought we were looking for a garden variety terrorist. Better hurry up, buddy. Your wieners are burning. These people creep me out. Uh, yeah, they're kind of creeping me out, too. Now, it's the next morning. Chuck wakes up in his new suburban home. And he walks downstairs in his jammies. Sarah's preparing breakfast. Again, he's getting this feeling of, could my life ever be like this? <laughs> Did you sleep well? Like a log, honey. How did you sleep? I'm cooking breakfast. Casey swept the house. It's clean. Okay. What? Are we gonna invite the neighbors over? No, Chuck. I'm I'm cooking for you. What? Nothing. It's just funny. I never pictured you doing this. Well. What can I say? I'm versatile. Sit. Hold on. Are, are, are you enjoying this whole Martha Stewart thing? I can't believe it. Please tell me you're not going soft on me. And shut up and eat your breakfast. You better be careful, Sarah. One day you might actually turn into a real girl. And then we hear the song, I Can See Clearly Now by Johnny Nash. love it chuck's got his briefcase he's got his coffee he's all dressed for work in his suit he picks up the morning paper all the neighbors are out and they're working on their lawns getting ready for work waving to him it's gonna be a great day the 
it's gonna be a bright Sweetie Sweetie I almost forgot what you meant swinging by the store for me Have a great day So Chuck heads to the Buy More, and he's changing into his uniform, and he's got his grocery list from Sarah, and he's taking a look at her handwriting, and he's all happy. But, you know, John Casey needs to snap him back to reality. Wipe that look off your face. Wait, that's Sarah's... Invisible ink? Really? You guys can't just use the phone? Dealing with fulcrum here. Bug your house, they bug the phones. Sometimes you gotta do it the old-fashioned way. Location clear, target on move. Wait, you guys figured out who planted the bug? Yeah. Bring in the intersect bells? Yeah, that's crazy cougar lady's husband. How do you know it's him? Well, you and Walker were busy playing house. I was doing some old-fashioned spy work. Pulled the fingerprint off the bug, ran through the database. So who was this guy before Fulcrum? CIA psyops. Agency shrinks. Real bunch of weirdos. Also ran his bank records. Turns out he bought enough of this stuff to stretch from here to Gardena. InfiniBand data line. Same stuff we used to tap into the agency's intranet. Any idea what your neighbor was using it for? I don't know. Uh, online gaming? Porn? Or... I, or hacking into government servers. Or hacking into government servers. I was going to say that eventually. Okay, great. I'm glad you guys cracked it. Glad I could help. Help by getting us into that house and onto that computer. You want me to go in as nerd herd? Wrong again, Bartowski. You're going to go in the old-fashioned way. Now let's cut down to Castle. You want me to sleep with our neighbor Sylvia? No, we want you to pretend to want to sleep with her and then see if you can get on our fulcrum husband's PC. See if you flash on anything. You want to throw in a little sex? It's your prerogative. <coughs> Whatever, Casey. Look, I just don't know how Sarah's going to feel about this. There's no way she's going to let her husband just sleep with, you know. Chuck, look, I'm sorry, but this is our best option. Target's got the house rigged with state-of-the-art security. Since his wife's expressed a romantic interest in you. We need you to exploit it. Oh, exploit it. Gotcha. Yeah, textbook CIA. Look, Casey and I will be with you every step of the way. And if the cougar gets a little hairy, you can always tap out. We understand if this makes you uncomfortable. Breaking my fake wedding vows? Nah, forget about it. I'm golden. Just hit me with another spritz of that, would you? Why here? (laughs) I love that. When Casey sprays him in the crotch area. All right. It's time for Mission Seduce Neighbor Lady. Mr. Carmichael. I didn't expect you to come so quickly. Charles Carmichael always comes quickly. (laughs) Real smooth, Bartowski. Come on in. Okay. The cable enters the house to the northwest corner, upstairs. Oh, hey, this is where the magic happens. What do you think your uh, wife would say if she knew you were up here? You think she'd be jealous? Well, it's like you said. I mean, the honeymoon, she is over. (laughs) (laughs) I owe. And we once again hear Fever by Peggy Lee. If you don't mind me asking, when was the last time you and your wife made love? 
Oh, that's a... That's a... That's a... That's a... Hi. Holy... That's a good one. You know, things have been a little cold in that department lately. Oh, poor baby. Oh. Do you know what I'm going to do to you, Charles? Hi. I got a pretty good idea. <laughs> I'm going to thaw you out. Oh, I bet you are. You, you, she-devil, you temptress. You're taking my sock off. Ha, ha, ha. Ticklish, ticklish, ticklish. Those are my feet. That's my feet area. Maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe we could just talk for a few minutes. How's that sound? Oh. <laughs> You didn't come here to talk. I didn't. I didn't come here to talk. Why? Why not? Talking's perfectly. So talking's overrated, anyway, isn't it? No. You know what? It's just that I'm a little. I'm a little nervous because this is the whole adultery game is uh, a little new, a little new to me. And I think. I think just a just a drink, a little liquid courage, would really go a long way right now. Is Scotch okay? Sounds delish. Thank you. I'll be right here. <laughs> but you already knew that. Crazy person. Casey, I'm handcuffed. Relax, handcuffs are a cinch. Really? Yeah, there's a bone in your thumb, tiny bone. Real easy to break. What you're gonna want to do is you're gonna want to apply torsional pressure to it until it snaps. And then... I'm not gonna break my bone! Well, in that case, you are screwed. Well, luckily, Chuck sees the key to the cuffs right there on the bedside table. <laughs> Chuck picks up a salamander and he figures out the password is salamander. And then the test sequence is initiated. It looked like Chuck just downloaded a new Intersect or something. Chuck? Chuck, you have to get out of there. Chuck? Chuck? Stay where you are, Agent Walker. I'm going in after him. Have you tested him yet? He's upstairs. I've got him cuffed. Katie knows where he is because he sees him running across the neighbor's roof in his underwear. He ran the test. He survived. We found our subject.
And I love this moment where Chuck is walking back to his house in his underwear as all the neighbors see him. Charlie? You are never going to believe what just happened to me over there. Well, this ought to be good. Well, of course, okay, Sarah is there with Chuck. He's in his underwear in handcuffs. She sees everybody watching, so she needs to make this look good. Wow, a slap right to the face to Chuck. That's gotta hurt. Now back to Castle. General Beckman is watching footage of what happened, and she's not pleased. I send you there undercover, and you not only nearly expose Mr. Bartowski to fulcrum, but to an entire cul-de-sac of civilians. No excuses, General. We pooched it. No! No, we didn't pooch it! We didn't pooch it! General, look, I, I, I saw something on that computer, okay? I saw pictures. How illuminating. General, they weren't regular pictures. They were like intersect pictures, embedded files, like the ones that Bryce sent me, only very different. We think Chuck could have fulcrum programming in his brain. In that case, I am pulling Mr. Bartowski from this operation. But as long as Agent Walker's cover is intact, I want you two to lock down the cul-de-sac, monitor fulcrum, see what else you can uncover before we make a move on their cell. The Carmichaels are getting a divorce. Oh, wow, that's a bummer. Their marriage was so short-lived. Now let's come back to the Buy More, and it looks like Big Mike is all ready for his date, decked out in a nice suit. He's looking good. Oh, my, 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 don't you look prosperous, Michael. Wow, it's nice tonight with the internet lady. How you feeling, big guy? Like an imposter? Look at me. Look at this ridiculous outfit. She's going to take one look at me and realize I am not a 185-pound shipping magnet. Oh, relax. That suit is very slimming. That's right. That's right. You know what? It'll make your wallet look fat. <laughs> Morgan's right. That poor lady's not going to know what hit her. You're going to need a hydraulic crowbar to pry her off. Yes. I love that scene because you see that Morgan wants to high-five Emmett. Emmett just grabs his hand awkwardly. He doesn't know it's to high-five. And then Lester wants to high-five Jeff by offering up a hand. And Jeff fist-pounds him. It's just very awkward. What do you say, Bartowski? Should I come clean? Tell her who I really am? You got your girl without having to lie about your lowly occupation, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure I'm the, I'm the best role model. You're better than these losers. When was the last time any of y'all had dates? And I'm not counting Bennigan's. And you. You and Anna break up every other week. <laughs> and you. I don't even know what your affiliation is, Elvis. What does he mean, my affiliation? Is that a bathroom thing? <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I don't even understand that. The bathroom thing. Look, Mike, I, I don't know. It's up to you. But do you really want to be a part of a relationship that's founded on lies? The answer is yes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. He is not thinking. Now cut to the break room and Chuck is putting stuff in his locker and he again sees the grocery list that Sarah gave him earlier and he focuses in on the Meadow Branch insignia and he flashes on it.
unknowns moving on your position. This is Sarah. Leave a message. Sarah, Sarah, are you in case you have to get out of the cold set immediately? I just flashed. I just flashed on something. I think it was Fulcrum. It was something that I I uploaded off of the computer. Okay. Excuse me. Hi. Yeah. Could you give me a hand with my cable, please? The company that built the neighborhood. It's a front. Uh, if you're looking for free premium channels, I'm not the guy. Oh, no, 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 it's, it's nothing like that. It's not just a house. The entire neighborhood is fulcrum. And for some reason, I'm getting some kind of weird interference. I think somebody in the neighborhood might be running some kind of high-powered electronic equipment. Actually, I think it, it might be that house right over there. <laughs> Holy crap, Brad just tased Casey. And now Sarah, she's all alone. I'm so sorry about what happened with your husband. It must have been awful. It's times like these you need your neighbors most. Oh, thank you. Uh, come in. Hope you like brownies. Now they have Sarah. Right as Chuck arrives at Meadow Branch. But something's different this time. Chuck just doesn't see Brad. He flashes on him, and he sees all the fulcrum intel of everyone in the cul-de-sac. Looking for the wife? She's having a chat with the ladies. You feeling all right, buddy? And just like that, Chuck is tased, and they've got him. Now, cut into some secret lab, Chuck wakes up, and he's strapped to a chair. That's his blood pressure. A little high. Shall I give him more sedative? No. Sarah. It'll be fine. Sarah. 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 Where's Sarah? Where's my wife? Mr. Carmichael, she isn't your wife. She's a CIA agent. And so are you. What? What do you want with me? You have got a very special brain. Don't worry. We're gonna do everything we can to not damage it. Damage? Damage? What is he talking about? What you saw upstairs was a small part of a computer program. The CIA designed it to implant intelligence directly into agents through encoded images. But the CIA gave up on the program. They decided to slug it out, fighting the war on terror using Cold War tactics. But we're training agents who are ready to fight tomorrow's wars. How would you like to be a part of that future? How would you like to be part of Fulcrum? What about, what about her? Look, I'll do whatever you want. Just let her go. Don't tell me you have feelings for your partner. Well, you really let her get into your head, huh? What did she tell you? That someday you two would be together? Maybe settle down in a cute little cul-de-sac like this one? <laughs> You're funny. This place isn't real. Her feelings for you aren't real. Don't worry. 
This next part should help you get over. If he survives it. Oh, that's it. They're going to test on Chuck. And we know that it's fried everyone else's brain until now. Can Chuck's brain take this new evil fulcrum intersect? Well, I don't know if their intersect itself is evil, but it is tinted red. So I'm going to say it's evil. Chuck! He can't hear you. And just like Casey told Chuck earlier, there's this tiny bone in your thumb that if you break it, you can easily slip out of handcuffs. And John Casey's doing that right now. And then the sequence begins. No! No! And then the sequence is over, and Chuck doesn't look too good. Chuck! Chuck! Nice toast. Chuck! Get him out of here. Dump him where you're done with the others. Ah! What just happened? Mr. Carmichael. Do you know where you are, Mr. Carmichael? Beneath Meadow Branch Subdivision in a fulcrum lab that was built as part of a secret initiative. What initiative? To rebuild the Intersect computer. Oh my God, it worked. Can I ask just one more question? You mind if we uh, test your wife next? Why? I don't have a wife. crap does chuck not remember who he is or what's going on the bad guys are strapping sarah to the machine and they're about to test her chuck sees casey in the other room at the computer console and he winks at him it looks like chuck's gonna be okay before you run the test i'd like to tell agent walker something agent walker now we have a name Chuck gives Sarah a look, and she knows exactly what it means that Casey's about to run the test with everyone in the room. Close your eyes.
You? I think so. Somebody call the cable guy? It worked! The test sequence fried all the Fulcrum agents' collective brains. Good job, Casey. Take these guys to the detention center. That one goes to the agency more. We're not done with him yet. So cut to Castle, General Beckman is now briefing Sarah. Besides testing on humans, it appears that Fulcrum is perilously close to completing their own intersect computer, making Bartowski more important than ever. His life has never been in more danger. The honeymoon is over, Agent Walker. Yes, ma'am. So, Fulcrum has their own intersect they're developing. This was a close call with Chuck. They actually had him. Things could have gone a lot worse than they did, luckily. But now Sarah is into agent mode. No more goofing around. This is some serious stuff. Poor Chuck. He just wants to have back what they had for a brief time there in the suburbs. A house with her, a dog, playing pretend marriage. And Sarah's not having any of it. Hey, everything okay? Yeah, just a routine debriefing. Uh, so I was wondering if you wanted to swing by the old cul-de-sac tonight. Why? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I figured we still got the place and Ellie still thinks we're house-sitting. So I thought that, you know, we could maybe enjoy a night in the suburbs. Order in, rent a movie, no mission to worry about, just Mr. and Mrs. Carmichael. Maybe have some fun. Chuck, we can't go back there. It was just a cover. Yeah, I know that. I just thought... Casey and I have to shut down the operation. Can we talk later? Absolutely. Uh, Chuck? Yeah? I'm gonna need that back. Right. I almost forgot. Yeah, I think he's gotten a little used to wearing his wedding ring. It's not real, Chuck. Just give it back. Now let's come back to the buy more and Big Mike is back from his date. Hey, how's the big date? Gentlemen, it was a night of exquisite passion. I did things with that woman I didn't even know existed, which are likely illegal. Yes, so you took our advice. I lied my ass off. What did we tell you? Waiting back in the game, Chief. Enough chit-chat. We're burning daylight. Lester, man the nerd herd. Jeff, help out the green shirts. I want the new inventory stocked by lunch. My store had better be ship-shaped. What? You're making us work? What about your new girlfriend? What about her? She's going to be here any minute. I invited her down. And here she is, Mike's mystery woman. Why are you dressed like that? Because I work here. I'm a manager at the Bymore, Bologna. But I thought you were a boat captain. Shipping magnate. But that was something I just made up so I could get to do what we did last night. But after we did what we did last night, I... I can't bear to lie to you anymore. So I'll understand if you want to tell me where to shove it. But I hope you forgive me. I do forgive you. The truth is, I wasn't 100% honest on my dating profile either. <laughs> oh, honey, I don't mind a little extra weight. <laughs> I have a son. Oh, well, so so what? I love kids. He's 26 years old. Mm. I thought you found out. I thought that's why you wanted to meet here in the store. I don't follow. Michael, 
My son works here. <laughs> I love this as Big Mike looks at each employee and he's like, oh my god. Please, Lord, let it be Wachowski. Um, it's not Bartowski, Big Mike. Mother. Mijo. Mijo? You're begging my mom. Oh, poor Morgan. Ah, we'll deal with that later. Now let's cut to Chuck's house, and he's come back from the trip, and Ellie can't wait to hear about how it went. But Chuck doesn't seem to be in good spirits right now. Reality has set in. And we hear the song Freeze and Explode by Cassettes Won't Listen. Hey! When I tell you how sitting really changes things, huh? Absolutely. Just just not in the way you were hoping. No. To tell you the truth, the suburbs were kind of a disaster for me and Sarah. Well, what happened? What went wrong? I guess something that's been wrong from the start, you know? You guys aren't breaking up, are you? No, 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 no. Trust me. Sarah's not going anywhere. Chuck, I guess I don't don't know what you're saying exactly. Look, Elle, I, I know how much you love Sarah. And I know how much you love the idea of us and us moving forward with you and Devin. But we're not anything like you guys. But you guys seem so perfect. Yeah, I know, I guess. But being in that house with her... It was so close to being perfect, the way I had always pictured it would be, that I realized what was wrong with that picture. And it was us. Sarah and I are never going to be anything more than what we are right now. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Major anyway. Walker, you get everything you need? Yeah. And with that, Sarah looks around and she removes her wedding ring. It was never real to begin with, but for a brief time, Chuck and Sarah were married and they got a look at what their lives could be like without the spy world. Wow, what an episode. It was fantastic. Chuck and Sarah got to see what it would be like to live in the suburbs And we had the great moment that I love where Chuck downloads the new Intersect, but he's okay. And we have that great moment where Casey saves the day. I love it. All the stuff at the Buy More was hilarious. Trying to set up Big Mike with a new love (laughs) just to get him off their backs at the Buy More. It was pretty funny. This was a fun episode and it ends on kind of this serious note that we got to get down to business Quit trying to fool yourselves, Chuck. We're not in a serious relationship. There's bad people trying to get you. But guys, come on. This is Chuck. It's not going to be serious like this forever. (laughs) 
And that's what I love about Chuck. We've got the comedy. We've got the spy life. We've got the hijinks. We've got the action sequences. We've got the danger. And we've got the romance between Chuck and Sarah. And that's why I love this show. And I can't wait to cover more on this show. So guys, if you would, check out my Chuck blog at chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. There you'll find links to all of my previous episodes. And you can check out all the blog write-ups I did of each of those episodes. Also, if you would, send me some feedback. Send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send me a voicemail at 1-206-309-4729. Also, go to iTunes. Check out the Chuck Series Companion on iTunes. There's a link there on the page. There you can subscribe to the show and rate the show and leave a review. We've been stuck at 12 ratings for a long time. Come on, guys. Throw me some reviews there if you would. I'd really appreciate it. So, guys, thank you for listening to the show. What are you waiting for? Go watch some more Chuck and I'll see you next time. Oh my God, who crapped in his box of chocolates? Now this is podcasting. We have Andy Richter and Jenny McCarthy uh, working with us this episode. And uh, we go to the suburbs. And uh, Chuck and I pretend to be a married couple, complete with a dog and a house in a cul-de-sac. Uh, and, you know, it's been a fun-filled episode to shoot, I have to say. I'm happy to be. This is uh, such a fun show, such a uh, such a nice combination of all kinds of different things, you know, action and comedy and romance, and, uh, and now me. Now it's got me along with all those things. Uh, I play Brad. I'm... Uh, uh, suburban dad slash uh, terrorist evil secret agent. Yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. It's, you know, you can fill in the blanks from there. My character is somewhat of a cougar, I think I'm going to call her, that um, is part of this kind of suburban neighborhood that seduces Chuck, played by Zach. Um, and winds up handcuffing him and using all these somewhat torture tactics um, because I turn out to be a spy. So it's my first time kind of playing this character, if you can believe it, so I'm having a good old time. Jenny McCarthy plays uh, a character, one of the neighbors, um, who is married, of course, we're all married in this little cul-de-sac neighborhood, and she does hit on Chuck, um, but, you know, she has a, a dark side to her. There's an entire subdivision of evil secret agents uh, living on the same on the same uh, cul-de-sac. And uh, we lure uh, Chuck in, and through some sort of mind-controlled contraption that I only vaguely understand, um, and I think the people that wrote it only vaguely understand it, too, uh, he, they, we try and uh, convert him into being a fulcrum agent. Fulcrum being the evil agency. She's trying to get a little fun on something. You know, as spies usually do, they want more than the sex that they're pretending to try to get. And um, her and her um, villainous team are now, um, today actually, um, we're shooting the scene where we have them tied up to a little bit of a torture, I'm going to call it chamber. I mean, it's very hard for, for Chuck as a character because. He's very innocent, and he's been thrown into a world 
that isn't innocent and that's full of bad guys and enemies and dangerous people and and I, I guess that's what Sarah likes in him but slowly but surely he's losing that innocence because of what he's being exposed to and I guess in this season the stakes are so much higher and um, you know we're developing the whole fulcrum storyline the rogue CIA agent group and uh, who are out to get Chuck and it's things are getting more and more dangerous I don't know that's the machine it shows you a bunch of like scary stuff and then your brain fries but not Chuck Chuck has a special brain that somehow uh, I think it's soft and like like bubble gum, so it, it, it can absorb the blows that because uh, this machine apparently has been killing secret agents left and right. They've been using it on people, and no one can withstand it. But Chuck can't. What do you want with me? In the weeks ahead, don't look away, or you'll miss something big. Hi, did you sleep well? With more surprises. This is not optional. It's a direct order. I can't betray my best friend. More danger. You're risking your life. Can you handle it? Crazy person. And so much more to come. We just know it's going to leave you speechless. All new episodes of Chuck, Mondays on NBC. I'll be right here.